0: This is the premier podcast for late model dirt track racing. This is Forward Bite, hosted by Superfan, and actual know-it-all, Kyle Armstrong, on the Speedsport Podcast Network.
1: Welcome back to another edition of the Forward Bite Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Armstrong. This week, we're going to be talking to the 2020 Show Me 100 Champion, Peyton Looney. But before that, a lot has happened in the last two weeks in dirt late model racing. Chris Madden has won over $47,000 in the last few weeks in first place prize money and closed in on the points lead of Brandon Shepard in the World of Outlaw Morton Buildings Late Model Series, while Kyle Larson picked up yet another super late model win at Brownstown Speedway last Wednesday in the Castrol Flow Series. Man, he is just too good right now. And then also Kyle Strickler and PCC Motorsports Parted Ways and uh, you didn't really know where Strickler was going to land. He landed with Scott Bloomquist for a one-off deal at Port Royal. Scott Bloomquist was his crew chief. Um, they they went into that deal this weekend, and I thought they had higher expectations, but they really didn't uh, make much noise. They didn't even crack the top ten either night. So, uh, but that's definitely something to to look for. And I also wonder if you know with Scott Bloomquist is uh, I think is. His career's, uh, he can see the end of it here. You know, in the next few years, I wonder if you'll see him in more of a crew chief role, like you saw there this weekend with Kyle Strickler. So, something to pay attention to, I think. Friday night, I went to the Gaston County Shrine Race at Carolina Speedway in Gastonia, North Carolina. Pretty packed house, a lot of people there. Uh, Brett Ham picked up the win over Trent Ivy in the Super Late Model race to pick up the five thousand dollar to win Carolina Clash event. 8th place had a Buddy Smith bonus where they put up some money in memory of Buddy Thornborg and uh, Brian Nuttall Jr picked up that bonus uh $800 it was and then and then he uh Buddy Smith gave it to him presented it to him on the front stretch there and then and then proceeded to make it rain whenever he handed him the money it's kind of a funny deal there so uh, yeah, congratulations to those guys. It was a heck of a good race. Track was in good shape. I really enjoyed my night there at Carolina Speedway. They got us out of there at a decent time, and uh, yeah, it was a really good show there. So, uh, And then also uh, Friday night uh, in, a, in a whole other part of the country up in Farley, Iowa, Mike Marler picked up the $12,000 winner's check at 300 Raceway. In an attrition field event where only seven cars were able to finish, Tyler Erb finished second, Kyle Bronson finished third, Tim McCready got fourth, and Ricky Thornton Jr. was fifth. Tim McCready still leads the point standings over Hudson O'Neill and Jonathan Davenport. Saturday night's Lucas Oil race at 34 Raceway was rained out. In World of Outlaw competition, Chris Smokey Madden swept the weekend winning both Friday and Saturday night's features at Port Royal Speedway in Port Royal, Pennsylvania. And like I said before, look out, Brandon Shepard. Chris Madden is gaining on you in the points quickly. Rick Eckert finished second. Dan Stone was third. Brandon Overton was fourth. Ryan Gustin rounded out the top five. Congratulations to Brian Shirley sweeping the Mars Series weekend at Kankakee County Speedway and Shady Hill. Both of those events paid 5000 to win. Randy Weaver picked up a $2,500 to win race at Boyd Speedway in Ringgold, Georgia. Congratulations to Randy. Good to see him out there competing. And Ross Bells for picking up the super late model feature win at Modoc Raceway Saturday night, paying $7,500 to win. Josh Rice once again stood in victory lane at Florence Speedway for a regular Saturday night show, paying $3,000 to win. Ashton Winger won the Roscoe Smith Classic at Sonoya Raceway in Georgia. Devin Gilpin won the Ironman event at Lake Cumberland Speedway in Kentucky. Dylan Brown picked up the Blue Ridge Outlaw Lake Model Series event at Cherokee, where they had a record car count in that series of 29 entries, so that's good to see. This coming weekend, all eyes will be on Wheatland, Missouri at the Lucas Oil Speedway for the running of the Show Me 100, and last year's winner of the event, Peyton Looney, will be on the line, and we'll talk to him and get his thoughts on this event. I'd like to welcome R1 Facility Services onto the podcast as a partner. That's a buddy of mine, Kenny Ramsey, and he uh, specializes in annual multifamily dryer vent cleaning. They have the most innovative cleaning tools in the industry, and they can do it better and faster than anyone. That's something that almost everyone needs. Uh, you may not know that you need it, but you definitely need to keep those dryer vents uh, checked out. Uh, give them a Check them out online or give them a call uh, to see if they can do anything for you. Coming up next on the Andy's and Hotline, we're going to talk to Peyton Looney, the 2020 Show Me 100 winner, and get his thoughts on this coming weekend Show Me 100 and his thoughts on winning last year. This is the Forward Bike Podcast on the Speed Sport Podcast Network and NASCAR Digital Media. Joining me now on the Andy's Towing Hotline, we've got the 2020 Show Me 100 champion Peyton Looney. Peyton, do you get introduced as the 20? Do you like? Have you got used to getting introduced as the Show Me 100 past champion yet?
0: Yeah, yeah, that part of it's pretty cool. Um, definitely going back this weekend as a defending champ will be something new, but I'm sure all the, I'm sure all the stuff that comes with it'll be pretty cool come Thursday.
1: Yeah, I'm sure there'll be a lot more eyes on you than there has been. But you know, you talking about winning that race last year at the Show Me 100. A couple of years before that, you set fast time there, and a lot of people were like, "Man, who's this guy?" And and you know, myself included in a way. And uh, and now. And, you know, then you have the chance to come back two years later. And it wasn't really much of a surprise to me that you pulled it off, but I bet it was to a lot of people.
0: Yeah, I mean, setting fast time there back there in 18 was, it was definitely a cool experience. But, I mean, in terms of myself and my equipment and where I was as a racer, you know, I was in no shape to win that 100 lapper or put myself in position to even win that race. You know, we ran decent Thursday and decent Friday and locked ourselves in. Ended up breaking a motor there early in the future, but I mean, I just uh, I just wasn't really ready to to put everything in place there to make it work and something like that. So um, when we went back here last year, you know, I was confident, I felt good. We had won uh, won a couple of big races the week before there in Iowa and Illinois and pretty tough competition. So I knew going to Wheatland it was my favorite place, and you know, I kind of cut my teeth there and pretty good around that place. So I felt really confident and once we qualified and set fast time and had started front row of a heat race, I knew I just needed to do my job and, and win that heat race and once that happened, you know, everything just kind of fell in place. And I had, I broke a lift on there halfway through that heat race. And I, although it broke, you know, I knew something was wrong while I was driving, but you know, it was able to somehow stay together and make it work for the last four or five laps. And so I knew then, you know, it was my night, my night and my time to, Time to win it. So fortunately, all 100 laps went the way we wanted it.
1: That race has got a legendary history. You know, this coming weekend will be the 29th annual. But, you know, and something I just thought about while you were talking, you know, you, you set fast time there at the 2018 and had a lot of, had a lot of momentum going into, uh, I feel like maybe going into the next year's race. And, of course, that tornado came through there and swept through there. And then last year, COVID almost canceled the event luckily they got it in in july but man i i mean it was almost like you're ready to get back to that place and try it again and all those factors came into play
0: yeah i mean like i said that place is it's always been my favorite Uh, you drive it a little bit different than you drive anywhere and for some reason it just fits me And and i've always somewhat got around there better than than other places and i felt like early in my career i took some some cars and equipment that probably shouldn't have ran as good as it did at that place, and and we were able to make it work. So I knew as good as I was last year and good as my car was, and we were winning races at places. But it was definitely something I had circled on my schedule to get there for sure. And and like I said, we were just able to capitalize and make it work.
1: We'll probably talk a little bit more about uh, this coming weekend and get you to preview that a little bit more. But I want to get a little bit more of your background and your history in racing. I know uh, I read somewhere that you – Kind of started in some legend cars and stuff, and and then I know your father, uh, Brad Looney. He was he was really a big name out there in that in that Missouri area, and raced with Terry Phillips and all those all those big name or you know the guys you hear about all the time. And uh, just tell me a little bit about your history, where you grew up, and and how it was coming up with your dad racing. Um, I
0: grew up in uh, grew up in Republic, Missouri. Lived here my whole life. Uh, my wife and I actually just built out house in the country, so it'll be where be where I am when I'm old and gray, but, um, you know, always, always at the races growing up, my dad racing, um, my grandpa owned Lebanon, Bolivar Monette. So It was a Friday, Saturday, Sunday deal. And, and we spent, you know, every weekend working at the racetrack and in terms of racing, stuff, I didn't really get to start until I was after high school and in college. Um, I was 18, 19 years so, old, somewhere in there. Once we got started doing that, uh, I started in a light model and, uh, won two, or three races my first year, and um, you know, won a couple more in my second year, and and then my third year kind of really took off, and we won like ten or fifteen, and then went super professional after that. So, I mean, it was uh, it wasn't the normal career path, I guess you could say, but everything worked out the way it was supposed to, and uh, fortunately, we were able to make it to the top.
1: So, how long have you been racing now? Um, that was
0: 2013, so. That's my
1: eighth year. I got you. I didn't think, I don't think I knew exactly how old you were. So I was just trying to figure it out there.
0: Yep. Yep. I'm. T-
1: what's that now? I'm 26. Gotcha. I got you. You kind of broke up there a little bit. I guess it's this long distance phone call we're on. You're probably, you're probably yeah, one of the, Go ahead. I'm sorry. You're, you're probably one of the uh, longest distance guests we've had on the podcast yet so far. And, uh, <laughs> so yeah, that's probably what's causing it, but yeah. So, man, you've, uh, so here, so here recently, uh, well, I guess talk, talk some more about some of those early days. I mean, you, you know, some of your start struggles and, and strides, you know, coming up at, at an early age like that, trying to kind of do it your, on your own.
0: Um, I felt like, uh, career wise, I felt like I was at a huge disadvantage to really almost everybody because I didn't grow up racing. I grew up at the track and grew up around it, but I never drove myself so when i started you know 18 19 years old i felt like i was behind a little bit um you know i didn't have anything like slower class-wise, slower vehicle to learn how to race pretty much no i got it was straight into late models it was a steel box a little bit slower but the speeds are still up and you know still the big tires so i felt like that uh, that hurt me a little bit but you know fortunately we were able to overcome it and and my first three years running the steel box, thing, I think we ended up with like 20 wins or something like that. So, uh, it, it worked out great. And then I went super racing. Um, I don't know. It's it's a whole different different story when you're out on the road with these guys day in and day out. And um, it it was a long road, you know, two three two three years struggling for bad. And um, you know, uh, once we got in some a little bit better cars and stuff, we started running pretty good and winning some of these regional races. And, um, when I got hooked in with Marshall Capital, it really kind of elevated My career to the next level and I felt like I was able to, to Win some races that I always knew I could I would just think maybe it didn't Go my way or you know Whatever the case was, we were able to find, Capitalize on some of them And get some of those big time wins Even before the company you know uh, I think we had five, four, five, six, like that Races paying over 5000 last year So no, it, it was just all around a pretty good
1: year. Yeah, you've, uh, you've kind of been a staple on the MLRA tour out there. It's kind of a regional tour in the Missouri and uh, Kansas, I guess Midwest area out there a little bit. So you've kind of just became a staple on that. And I think, uh, well, where are you at in the points on that right now? I didn't get a chance to look that up.
0: Well, actually, I'm not, uh, I'm not running the tour this year. And, and they show me is actually my first race of the season. I uh, I took a different job about time and, Kind of changed my priority a little bit, you know, with my wife and my kids being the main focus of my new job. So I haven't really been racing like I had in the past. So I was just really going to kind of cut my head back a little bit and just run you know, 10 times a year or something like that and just enjoy what I'm doing. But my main focus is with my, my job and my kids for
1: sure. Yeah, understandable. I get that. I, I guess I just hadn't seen hadn't really seen your name pop up. Have you really uh, got a chance to get this season started yet? Have you raced anywhere yet?
0: No, huh. uh Thursday night. It'll be my first night, so, so uh, nothing like uh, biting off a piece that's a little bit too big to chew. But we'll give it a shot.
1: That's very interesting. Well, I think that's. I think you're gonna fall right in the line. Um, you raced there a whole lot at that Lucas Oil Speedway. I mean, what is it? Uh, how, how far is that from your house? And it's kind of like a home track to you, isn't it?
0: Yeah, it's about my house, maybe a tick over um, when I was racing weekly there and in the, in the steel blocks I race there every week. So I just really love that place. The facility is awesome. When I get the racetrack right, you know, it's the blast. You can race all over it. Um, hopefully last year was a little bit slick and slow, so I'm sure it'll be wide open and fast. Just hopefully it's not rough. We've had a ton, a ton of rain in the past three weeks or so here in the Midwest. So hopefully the racetrack holds up and. You know, it's a good time on heck of a show, usually for the So, we ought to
1: ask for. yeah, that's definitely a crown jewel event. You know, everybody will be there. Of course, the World of Outlaws are off this weekend. So, I know a lot of those guys are going to be out there, too. So, it's going to be a star studded, you know, full packed house. And, and, uh, and you're going to be one of the favorites going into that weekend. You touched on uh, an interesting topic there. I was going to bring it up here later, but Capital Race Cars and Marshall Green there. And, and you've kind of went with him and, uh, that was the car you ran there last year. What just what was it? What does it mean to uh, to partner up with uh, Capital Race Cars and and of course Marshall Green? What kind of support and service do you get from that group?
0: I mean, really, it elevated my career and really in a way that I expected to. When I uh, when I was ready to move on and I was ready to do something different, um, I made one phone call to Marshall and it ended up being about a two-hour phone call, but. And I knew there, right there. I didn't need to call anybody else. I didn't need to do anything else to sure where I wanted to be. And um, we went and picked up my car and set there at the end of that year. And I spent two days down there with Marshall and the whole guys there. Um, I mean, it's just a home feeling to me. Uh, Marshall worked with me and all last year. We tuned my car. What I felt driving, what I liked, and in different circumstances. And that's just something you're not. Else, and something that I needed, you know, I was kind of doing all the stuff, body stuff, motors, shocks, and you know, I didn't have a crew like that. So, I mean, I really needed somebody that I could rely on and lean for some information and kind of discuss back and forth I mean, the whole partnership has been awesome. His whole family, like I said, the guys at the shop are great too. So, I mean, if as long as I'm racing, Capital for sure
1: coming up on the forward bike podcast we'll have more from peyton looney stay tuned ever wanted to learn how to build a race car or maybe learn the technical side of the sport we love jeremy taylor has that covered for you as he goes in the garage weekly on the speed sport podcast network nascar digital media and your favorite podcast platforms well peyton we were talking about marshall green there before the break um, and you're you're telling me about how uh, how it's been great to work with those guys man just uh, I don't know. I, I think it's pretty cool that that you've got a car, you know, they're from Georgia and you're out in Missouri and, you know, has it meant anything or has it, you know, you driving that car, I think it was probably one of the only ones out in that area, wasn't it? At the time. So has it.
0: At the time. Yes.
1: I, I, that's what I was going to say. So has it really, uh, everybody's like looking at that and then they've went and got them one too, or or how does that work?
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's, um, there's multiple cars out here in the Midwest, uh, cowbeard Phillips, uh, Scott Kriegler, both warriors. Um, I mean, really, just actually Stovall just got one. So in terms of the growing of capital, I mean, I feel like, you know, fortunately, I think we're a part of that. And um, you know, when we started winning those races, it started opening some eyes. And um, I mean, I think really, people just started figuring out kind of what kind of, what kind of cars they are, and the craftsmanship, and the uh, you know, just the overall speed of the car. So it's just been really cool to be a part of that for sure.
1: I think so, man. I think you're right there in the mix with uh, being being on the cutting edge of that, and mean that's that's really neat too that you've brought that out there to that part of the country. We see uh, we don't I don't think we see as many of those cars here in the southeast because I'm out here in North Carolina, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't think we see as many of those cars here in the southeast as, uh, as as you guys have out there. So, and they build them right down here in Woodstock, Georgia.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, there was I was the first car out here, in and- you know we were able to have some success right away and I mean out of the box we were uh I led at Texas Motor Speedway there until we had a yellow with two or three to go and Kay Dillard ended up getting by me on the restart but I mean ever since we got the thing we've been fast enough front so I mean I couldn't ask for much more
1: absolutely well other than the show me 100 coming up this weekend and we'll, we'll probably talk a little bit more about that before i turn you loose but what are some other races you've got coming up on the calendar i know you're saying you're just started so all your stuff's fresh is uh, is like eldora for those dreams is that on your calendar
0: uh, i mean eldora is something i've always wanted to do and and maybe i'll do that before i finally hang it up for sure but no i mean Work's my main focus right now, and, and that's something that uh, I want to succeed at and be good at. and um, So probably no outdoor, probably just the uh, regional races around the house here that are, you know, close enough I can make two on a Saturday and run and hopefully run good and get a couple wins, and, and that's it. You know, probably just ten times this year or something like that.
1: That makes a lot of sense, but I'm sure a lot of people want to see you run run good. And uh, you know, I wonder if you're going to have some T-shirts there this weekend for the for all the fans that saw you win there last year.
0: Yeah, we've actually got our defending 2020 Chevy 100 winner shirts there, so we ordered those after the race last year and we got some left, fortunately. So. So hopefully, uh, hopefully we could sell out of those this weekend, and and hopefully we got another shirt to make it there after Saturday night.
1: That's right. Well, I think you made a lot of fans that weekend. You know, spe- not just in your regional area, but I think nationally. I think a lot of people uh, called on to what you were doing, and I think it was a cool deal to uh, to do that. And I don't think I don't know if you really realize how big of a deal that was. Really, just from being in your in your region.
0: Yeah, I mean overall just uh, the whole way it happened and um i mean i don't know just from my personal standpoint what kind of a deal it was 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 for sure awesome but you know i just try to stay to stay to be the same person every single day and it doesn't matter if we're at a racetrack or at home or or whatever and i you know, um i appreciate all the fans and all that for appreciating me for who i am and, um you know it does mean a lot for sure i had so many people reach out after that night so it was just cool that uh, they finally took notice, and and we were able to win on such a big stage like it was.
1: Well, I'm not saying I'm not saying not not be humble, but I'm just saying like if you look at the list of everybody that's won that race, it's really the who's who, and you put your name right in there with them, and and that's just kind of a big deal, really.
0: Yeah, it's gonna be pretty cool going back this year and seeing my name on that T-shirt yeah. with Scott and Jimmy and Wendell back in the day and more years. So. Yeah, I mean it's definitely an awesome accomplishment and and something I'll be proud of and pretty much forever, you know. So I mean, in terms of racing and me growing up where I grew up, you know, the Show Me 100 was the World 100, you know. I mean it was the biggest race there was. didn't matter didn't matter anything to us. That was the biggest race. So for us to be able to win, it was pretty awesome.
1: Yeah, no doubt. And Especially you know it started at West Plains Speedway there, and you know they moved it there. Did you ever get to race at West Plains? I know they've kind of still been racing the last couple of years.
0: Yeah, I actually won my first Mars race there in like 18, Um, my first open race, and then I actually won the Larry Phillips Memorial the weekend, or two weekends after the show me there last year, so I actually really loved that place, and that first race back from COVID they had on Flow Sports last year, it was like a 10,000 one night and 9,000 the other night. I ran second to Case Bolt and um, I ran third to Stovall, I think, the next night, so that place is really awesome. I love racing there, and it, uh, it definitely brings the driver out in you for sure.
1: Yeah, before that, uh, you were at, you were talking about some of those guys like Wendell Wallace and Billy Moyer and, and everybody. Uh, who, who were some of those guys that you grew up kind of kind of watching? I know you said you went to the racetrack every weekend, and of course your dad was racing, but there had to be a couple of guys that really stood out that you paid attention to
0: um i mean i loved wendell for sure um man i did too. he was good enough he could he could win on the national stage he could win the regional stuff you know he could do everything like that and i remember him winning in that 88 car he drove for a couple of years um i mean really just phillips and all of them just people that race in our area that i looked up to so you know i've been fortunate enough to race with pretty much all of them so it uh, it's been pretty awesome phillips was one of the first ones over to my car there after the show me congratulated me. So it, uh, that, that part was pretty cool for sure.
1: Yeah. I can remember growing up and I think Wendell Wallace was one of my favorite drivers too, uh, as, as a kid, cause I had one of his little diecast cars. And I remember going up and getting him to autograph it one night. And I thought that was kind of neat. And,
0: mm-hmm. and then,
1: mm-hmm. you know, just here a few uh, years ago, uh, he and Dale McDowell sat on the front row at the world 100. I think it was probably in 17 or 18. I can't remember exactly what year. But they were teammates back in the '90s, and I thought, man, that that is a throwback right there to the Monday trucking cars that they used to drive as teammates. And uh, you know, he can still get it done behind the wheel. You know, Wendell's uh, doing a lot more modified racing and stuff right now. But uh, love to see him race, man, I really do. Uh, and we don't get to see him out on this part of the country as much as uh, as as you do. So,
0: right, right, yeah, he still runs that modified. It's just all black with a white six on it. Um, I haven't seen him in late model in a few years. I got to race with him at Little Rock maybe two years ago. It was pretty cool. But, yeah, I mean, anybody like that that you kind of idolize growing up, it's always awesome to be able to race against them. And, and when you beat them, you know, it makes you feel that much better for sure.
1: Oh, yeah, no doubt. Well, Peyton, I, I know you've uh, traveled up and down the road a whole lot. I know you've probably got a couple of good hauler stories you could share with us. Those are always fun. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean there's been there's been nights we always gave my car on a hard time because not sure how he trucks overnight because it's dangerous. so you know we uh, we've almost hit a couple guardrails middle of the night, uh, maybe a stray walker here or there, so I mean, you try to leave those stories the best in the hauler because they <laughs> they aren't really believable outside the hauler.
1: yeah, no doubt about that. Well, I figured I'd see if I could get something out of you on that we We've asked a couple of guys that, and those are always the best answers.
0: Oh yeah, I mean the guy walking on the side of the street, and that was that was quite the story. So we'll just leave it at that.
1: We'll leave it at that. We'll leave him guessing, won't we? Well, tell me a little bit more about your uh, your father. I know uh, I know he I know you grew up and uh, got like we keep on saying, but you, you know you grew up and watching him race a whole lot. Uh, you know what what did what were some of your dad's accomplishments?
0: Um, I mean he won a March championship there, and maybe. 2011, I think, or 2012, something like that. Um, He's won a buttload of races. Uh, He ran a bunch at Bolivar, Lebanon, and Monette when we were growing up, and they had open late models there, so you know it wasn't uncommon for him to win all three nights there. So, I mean, he's won a ton of races and won a bunch of races around here. So, you know, if it wasn't if it wasn't going with him growing up, I wouldn't I wouldn't have got that bug to want to race myself for sure.
1: Yeah, it's always interesting to hear how somebody uh, you know, gets that bug. You know, I caught it probably the same in a in a similar sense, you know, going to the races with my dad and you know, went to a couple of races with him this weekend. I mean, he we never have raced or anything, but just just going and uh man, it gets in your blood, don't it? And we we still love it to this day. It's probably why I'm sitting here talking to you doing this podcast, so it's memories back, you
0: make growing up.
1: It all relates back to, uh, to, you know, our dads taking us to the races, I think. And, uh, probably kept us out of a heck of a lot of trouble too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm fortunate for that. You know, most of my weekends are spent at the racetrack somewhere. So it's a lot better to be there late at night than it is getting in some sort of trouble doing something you shouldn't be doing.
1: Yeah, no doubt, man. Exactly. Well, like I said, we got the Show Me 100 coming up this weekend. You're probably one of the favorites to win that thing this weekend, and uh, I think, I think, uh, I think a lot of the eyes are going to be on you, and you'll probably still have some people congratulating you, know, like
0: we're doing here on this show. So, uh, so man. Uh, well, up. hopefully, hopefully we don't disappoint, and you know, I'm kind of using Thursday as the night to get comfortable and kind of get back in my groove a little bit, and hopefully we can just make that race and be competitive, and then come Friday, Saturday, we're we're back to our a game and maybe make some noise again
1: well peyton it's been good to talk to you on here man uh you know we'll stay in touch and hopefully we'll get to see a race here at some point this year and uh meet you in person and uh i'll go ahead and give you a chance to thank your sponsors there before we let you go tonight
0: yeah i'd just like to thank uh adnip enterprises and express um definitely capital race cars marshall green his whole family everybody involved there uh, Swift Springs, Pinsky Penske Racing Shack, Specialty risk insurance. Uh, Jack Cornett got our motor done. We just picked that up this morning. So, you know, hopefully, hopefully it'll be pouring enough for a fast time there on Thursday. So, you know, with that all in, we definitely couldn't make it. So we appreciate it.
1: All right, Peyton. Well, thanks, man. And uh, best of luck to you the rest of the season here. And, uh, and we'll uh, talk to you later, man. Good luck. All right, man. I
0: appreciate it, guys. All right. Thank you.
1: Another episode of the Forward Bike Podcast is in the books for this week. I'm your host, Kyle Armstrong. We'll see you next week.